0: morning we had a beautiful service here and thanks for coming back tonight and and um, well it was a rich time on living in the spirit and walking in the spirit in love. So we'll take a few minutes and we have Pastor Chris Armin, who also the Lord spoke to him. Oh here's where my jacket is. We're looking all over the campus for that. I had a backup. Okay, so. Uh, so, uh, love, love, that's hard. And um, so let's do the slide. Can we do that? The first one is what love is. And this is from First Corinthians 13, verses four to eight. So it's a mind and emotion, feeling, endurance, capability to go through, to live And love Love is the key to life. It's like what it is. Life is about love. Yeah. Now, in just for a commentary here. I don't know whose phone that is, is that? <laughs> what? There's a picture there. Tom Regan. Well, I don't know. It's too... Okay, it's massive. As long as it's, you know, secure. You guys, a lot of housekeeping here tonight. Yes. Okay, so, um, if we had a bear, uh, Eugene Peterson mentions this in his book, Traveling Lightly, I think is the name of it. Uh, he was in the Rocky Mountains seeing his daughter, and they saw a grizzly bear down in the valley. They watched it for a while. It was beautiful, he said, beautiful. And... Um, then they just said we better get going. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't see us. So let's get moving. Uh so you have a grizzly bear and his freedom in the wild and then you can put him in a zoo. And he's safe. I mean, we are safe when he's in a in a cage. But then he's not really what he is. Because, really, he's a wild animal, so he needs to be, or we would see him in the wild and appreciate him. With people, when God made people, he did not make us to be in a cage. He made us to be free. And a person that has spiritual freedom is a beautiful person. They, are, they have gifts, and they have love in their heart, and they have... And if the Lord had wanted to guarantee, like, safety, he would have put us in cages, <laughs> or not given us the freedom to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Uh, so what did he decide to do but to make us with the choice and give us the freedom. So we really have, uh, if we th- think about freedom in, in this way, freedom, and we could uh, limit it by putting us in a cage, you know, like the grizzly bear in a cage, right? And then, then there is the protection that will not be the sin there will not be the flesh. There will not be the destruction of in life with the human race that we've been able to see for thousands of years. How we treat each other, how we hurt each other, how we who we are as sinners. So, um, if we are free, there is the possibility of us uh, sinning. So we have sin and also. Destruction. We can really run companies that hurt governments that commit genocide, uh, drug dealers, uh, good things, bad things, religion, and so on. All of this happens. So Paul said, When you are free, use your freedom to love. And this is in Galatians 5, so turn there with me. And Well, we, we, we want to look at the other slide here. Let's look at uh, the, the first one one more time. Rejoices with the truth. If we have love, then there will be a love, love from God, agape love, then there will be love for the truth. And I, I, I have to be, I mean, I think we all know, or oh, you're developing and growing in this. One of the things that I love so much is being with sisters and brothers talking about God. This is uh, um, Malachi 3.16. It's recorded in a book. They that fear God spoke often one to another. That Could we put that verse up for a minute here? Malachi 3.16. Then those who feared the Lord, they ran off. Like those that feared the Lord, they, they were in a cage. No. They ran off and did whatever they damn well pleased to do. No. There's something better. The both of those are not what we're made for. We're not made to live in sin and we're not made to be in a cage. Both of those, that's not God. But this is God love. Freedom, I decide, I choose love. But if you are in the habit, and we said this this morning, that if you are in a habit, in a mindset um, where you are really afraid, where you really are a control freak, where you really want things to be done perfect, or, that, uh, or you're upset with people so easily, they irritate you uh, very easily, or um, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my son, like Abraham God said, give me your son, my family, my money, my health, all those fears. It's not freedom. It's my flesh. What do you do with your flesh? What do we do with our flesh? That's our, our message tonight, really. What, what love, love will fail me if it's a human love? My, human loves fail us. But this love does not fail us. What a good word that is, man! That could be on a T-shirt. Human loves fail us in the backside. God's love never fails us, never fails us, and it gives us freedom. We're not in a cage. We're free. But how is it characterized? It's a love that that serves others. It's a love that has a resource to love, not like in, a, in a, you know, like a system, but creatively, like love, like giving a gift out of the blue to somebody who doesn't deserve it, like, like teaching people that you never see them again, but you will do it because of love. Like going somewhere in the world and sharing the message and you don't know what will happen. But you have only one motivation, and it is that God is sending you. And you live by faith, and you believe his love is in it, that he loves people. He said he does. So that's, it's, it's uh, pretty amazing, I think. Okay, go back to, we didn't finish, Malachi 3.16. Probably we, we uh, those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them, and a book of remembrance was written before Him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed His name. It's not in vain. It's recorded in a book. Amazing, huh? Nobody. It, it doesn't matter what people say or think. What what love is. Go back to the love list there. Uh, the first rejoices with the truth, patient and kind, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, never ends. Wow, we could speak for half a year on this, huh? It's really good. My neighbor, we should, we said this morning, with a dumpy trailer on the backside of his house, and why does he have it there? And, Why does this truck make so much noise in the morning? I had a diesel one time, and I was that neighbor. (laughs) And starting it up at 6.30 in the morning and just making a lot of noise. uh, What is it that bothers you with your neighbor? What is it that you see in them? And it may be really true. It may be right that that they have a funny, it may be. But what does love do? How how does love think? Love, love hopes. Love, love looks at your neighbor and hopes. Love is there in your heart because that's God in you. That's amazing, isn't it? Okay, the second slide is what love is not or does not do. is not envy. Instead of envy, it's thankful. It's thankful. My mother used to say, maybe Cindy remembers it, like, I once was sad I had no shoes until I met a man who had no feet. That little saying is like meaning how do you measure your life, right? And envy yeah, it it, it it robs us. It blinds us. That's one thing about our lesson here is that we don't realize how sin blinds the mind. Okay, what does that mean? I look at my neighbor. I have my sin is that I I can't tolerate him. I can't stand him. I can't even look at him. I can't handle him. I just can't do it. I just detest him. How did I how did that happen with my I have many reasons. Where where do the reasons come from? My mind. I have many reasons. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure about. I'm accurate about it. Yeah, you might be right in one way, but you're wrong in another way if you don't love. If we don't love, then we don't know, we don't realize the potential we have by love. And the key is the filling of the Spirit. So how do I get, how am I filled with the Spirit? I come to God with all of my biases and prejudices. Somebody was in a store the other day. They told me this guy went off with a racial slur and this man in the store was just racially charged and just talking like that and I I think wow that's crazy in this atmosphere the world that we are in because the world is so much saying these things about the, the hatred and the racism and all of that kind of thing well we, we, by God's grace, by the filling of the Spirit, aren't even close to that. You see somebody made in the image of God. You see their potential. You see they could become a friend. You, you see, for their sake, what could happen to them, what Jesus could do in their life, redeeming them, loving them, and so on. So I I know you know this and I, I I'm just saying um I'm I know you know it I'm I'm just wanting you to think with me about it. This is this is a human heart and God gave that man, that man or woman, both of them, the freedom to sin. And when we sinned it blinded our mind. We started to Cain hated Abel and murdered him. Where to it come from? And it came into his mind. And if you were to ask Cain, what's wrong with your brother? He would give you these reasons, but he doesn't love him. He could talk all day long about the problems, but who can love? Right? So we have is not arrogant, does not insist on its own way, is not irritable or resentful, does not rejoice at wrongdoing. Like it should somehow hurt us a little bit when we hear about wrongdoing. This is um, Psalm 101. It's a good psalm for you to read this week. Read Psalm 101 a few times through the week and just see how strong he is about about seeing wrong things. When you see something wrong, you, you, you don't like it. You're not happy about it. When you see something wrong, when, when you, it, it bothers you. When you see something wrong in our society, it bothers you. When you see something wrong at work or something wrong in somebody's heart or mind, we are not in control, but we cannot accept evil or wickedness in life and just say it doesn't matter. It does, because it hurts people. Okay, turn now to Galatians with me, and we can read this list. Chapter 5. Sorry, what? Galatians 5, verse... and. Um, we can start from verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay. We have led by the Spirit. We have another verse filled with the Spirit. Filled, Ephesians 5 18. Led by the Spirit to hear Galatians 5 in verse 18 so how does it happen we teach a lot about it actually I think so and you get to know it by being around and listening to teachings and messages and watching people and realizing that um, that people it's It's not the Christian doesn't live like with big ups and big downs. It's more like just some you know, flow of life, generally, as Christians we live and living in the spirit means that your mind and heart is one of love. It's a mentality like I decide to love you if it, sometimes it's not a decision it's just some organic part of our our hearts and our fellowship we just love each other we have a community we like to be together because of the love it's not like high like big fireworks going off or uh, big, big big low times it's more it's not like a wedding it's not like a banquet hall it's not like a big rock and roll concert yeah, uh, some big dynamic thing. It's not getting knocked off your chair uh, in a in a service. It, it could be something awesome like that, but it is simply walking in love. And the mind is this one. And instead of thinking evil about people, I am I am trusting God and loving. This goes outward. The Spirit is shed abroad out of our hearts, Romans 5.5. 5. And that's so beautiful. Maybe in Africa, Pastor Chris will share a little bit. I, I, I don't know, but he, he has he's amazing, him and his family. They lived many years over in Africa and saw the Spirit do this work. And these people loving each other. And they, they they could, like everywhere, you can have reason not to. But then there is that creativity, that spirit filling you. And you just uh, say, I'm not measuring iniquity. Who would stand? Psalm 130. And love covers a multitude of sins. And love believes the best. And love has another... There's another chapter, love has a future, love never fails, love hopes all things, love is God, God did not make us to die, but he made us to live, love is saying in our hearts we can do something, we can do something, we have God. Um, I'm sure an advocate is like this, but I remember being in Albania and 80% unemployment, in Albania. So you could be in the city and all these young men hanging out with black leather jackets on. And they're waiting to, they're waiting to go to Italy to wash cars and be dishwashers and, and get a job and send, send money home to their family. And that's how they lived. And they were 16 and 18 years old. And that, that's what they did, and, and and we we are thinking. And I know this is this is the way we are. Who love love means we can do something when things are bad. Love means that God is here, and that these young men, uh, who knows, maybe we can do something about it. We can have a spiritual revival. Uh, we can lead them to Christ. We can. I pray for them to find jobs. We can, uh, if they go to Italy, okay. But maybe we can have a contact with them. Uh, when they come back, maybe they would like to go to Bible school. There, there's a, love just can't stop loving. Love doesn't stop believing. Love has a way. Love makes things happen. Love reaches out. So when we have our liberty, our liberty is used to love each other and care about each other. You know, what could I do to help you? What a good thought that is. And I think that's how we come together. We come into this hall not just like to hear a message and sing some songs, but we come into this hall Guys, we know God is love. God cares about us, and we also care about each other. We love each other. The Holy Spirit is filling us. That we have love and joy and peace in our hearts. Look at the verse with me. 5.19. Now the works of the flesh are evident. And we have, the, we have sexual sins, we have attitude, uh, we have um, psychological things there, and it's not a good list. And because of the nature of our message tonight, it's not our, our subject. But how much dissension, how much division, how much that can happen and split up friends how much it can separate brothers and sisters, how much the flesh can destroy a church, destroy a family, destroy work. It could destroy a football team, uh, a company. How much the flesh, how much it does, and it does. Not just, you know, how, how much the flesh of man, what can happen when he is not, and of course, Jesus isn't talking about uh, you know he in this text he's talking about us, not the unbeliever the unbeliever we should expect that this is the case, but we are believers so let's close it says verse twenty two but the fruit of the spirit the word fruit is singular, so we have it's it's like fruit is, and it, it looks like the, the fruit is love, and all the other words are defining the love, right? There's, there's nine total words there. The fruit. Now, something about fruit. It comes in its time. It comes in a season. If you go to an apple tree, you say, where's the fruit? Well, it's not time yet. And sometimes when we go in our, in our lives with each other, we might say, where's the fruit? I don't see it yet, or I don't see it. Is there fruit there? And we could say, God, God knows, and also sometimes we know. There it is. There's the fruit. There's the love. I see it. There it is. It's a low, low hanging branch There I go, there it is, I got it There's fruit there in that life I kind of think it's like that That sometimes the fruit is abounding And then sometimes it may not be so evident I don't see it The person is quiet Where's the fruit? They're just quiet that, That's the fruit the quietness is there. There is fruit in that life, but I, I might not see it like in a big deal. But there it is. It's love. And they're quietly sitting in a chair. But they're believing. They're trusting. They're humble. They're quiet. Is there resentment in that person? No. Is there any envy or jealousy in that person? No. Not no. They're quiet not saying much but when you're with them it's it's edifying they're not jealous they're not angry they're not they're not talking and talking about things that are that that you know we all talk and have like shallow cup conversations and then there is the well and deep in that brother or sister there is something there In their life, what they've been through, they've suffered, and they've suffered well. There's fruit in their life, and it's precious. We have people in our church like that, where they've gone through deep water, and there's love. Where's the love? It's there, the love is there. They are spirit filled. They are spirit-filled. They have love. And they care. Watch them. They, they, they're thinking about how they can, how they can help somebody. They're, they're thinking about how maybe they could start something up. Um, I remember as a missionary in different places where we were in the Soviet days, there would be some American businessman wanting to start up a school for computers. And he wanted to help. A new a new country out with training people. Or um, there was a, a man who wanted to teach the girls in Afghanistan how to read. And also Pakistan. I think uh, uh, this young guy had this vision to do something. Uh, orphanages. Little schools. Little Sunday school. Love to serve. Love. Love means that it's about others, and that love, that spirit is in you. And just be aware of it. This is not a heavy burden. This is not a heavy thing in uh, our flesh, because we cannot live in the spirit uh, by living in the law and living in our flesh. No, the, the flesh cannot do this, but the spirit does it. The flesh cannot do what we're talking about, but the spirit does. And then we have years of time, if God gives us time. The flesh is always in a hurry, or it's it's not there at all. It's either late or early. You know, Esau came late. Um, people in the flesh were always out of our time. We're off on our time, and we're off on our priorities. But when you live in the Spirit, you are right there where God wants you to be. When he wants you there, he orders your steps. And when you're there, you're there. Uh, so uh, it's beautiful. Um, coaching baseball, coaching basketball, coaching kids, teaching math, English, teaching the Bible, listening to a young person, helping them, encouraging them, praying for them. All of this is body life. It's the result of the Holy Spirit in you and in me. But be careful, because your sin and my sin that surfaces in my heart will look at something and I'll get it wrong, and it will deceive me. Now, I start be talking about how bad it is. How bad it is. How bad it is. And then I start to believe it, how bad it is. And Jesus is saying, What are you talking about? Are you kidding me? I came and walked on water. I came and rose from the dead. I came and overcame sin. I, I was raised from the dead. Who are you? What are you doing? Yes, it's worse than you can imagine. It's worse and so bad. And then he says, but I told you, but in everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Be thankful for this mess. Yes. Love, love put you there. Love fills you. Love uses you to heal it. Love uses you to be an answer. Love speaks to hearts. Love, love, you will stand in it. I will, I will equip you. I will empower you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, years ago, we had a church split here, which never happened in the history of our ministry. Never for years, decades, decades. We had a church split. It was a humdinger, huge, huge crazy, horrible, horrible, like a divorce, horrible, ripping your heart out, friends going different ways, criticism, backbiting, people on the phones, party spirits, horrible. If you've never been through it, I hope you never go through it. I hope that never happens again. It was horrible for me and for many of us. Why did it happen? the flesh. That's why. The flesh will take paradise and make it a hell. Ask Adam. Adam, where'd your paradise go? There's no paradise. There's thorns and thistles and the sweat on my brow. And my wife is a problem. Believe me. She's a problem. And <laughs> yeah, she got us into this. And And yes, I'm part of it, but I believe me, she's not innocent. And on and on he goes and talking and talking. And that's the way people live in this world. They are not f- spirit-filled. They are not. They are not. So you take him and fill him with the spirit. And you say, Adam, where's the paradise? He goes, it's coming. But i got to be honest with you. It's, part of it is in my heart. I've got Jesus in my heart, if not all of it. And I, I want to make something happen. I think I could bring a blessing into this curse. I think I could bring Christ into I think God has ordained us to be uh, this uh, ministry of grace and love. Yeah. So be careful. Because you and I have the potential for either of these. We can rip it apart, rip our wife apart, our husband apart, our church apart. We can, rip, we can make life bad because of our flesh, or we can be spirit-filled. And when you're spirit-filled, the problems are there, but I can see a little bit beyond. And when we got things sorted out in our church, I said, just give us some time. Give us some time. Give us some years. Give us some time. You don't have any time. You cannot be patient. You cannot work with something that's messed up. You cannot forgive. You cannot live in love. You cannot pray for help. You cannot pray to God that God would visit us and help us. You cannot give us any of your time. You cannot give your heart. You cannot live in love and forgive And pray and give and minister and do something good. Cannot do that. No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm out of here. I'm gone. Okay, you can go. But don't tear the house down when you go out the door. Yes, I am tearing it down. Yes, I will tear it down. I want it destroyed. I want it destroyed. That's what's that? That's the flesh. Are you capable of that? Listen, you can destroy. Um, you can destroy. We can destroy our kids. We can destroy our friends. We can destroy our church. We can destroy our mom and dad. We can destroy so many things by just living in our flesh, our neighborhood, and look at our country. There are people that want to destroy. And tear down and they may say who knows what happens in the future but I'll tell you one thing you and I we wanted we want to be in the mess spirit-filled if we're spirit-filled we can bring healing we're spirit-filled we can help we're spirit-filled we'll do something about it we'll say to our neighbor and it's not high political thing it's just my neighbor the people I work with uh, my family my friends, my church, the people on the sidewalk outside, it's just saying, come on. Hey, we got a good thing going here. It's in our hearts because Jesus is alive. Amen. Yep.
1: All right. How, is, how is everybody? All right. Good, good, good. All right. Um, what a great message. You know, how do you, how do you go after that message? But we're going to go for it, right? Let's go for it. All right. Um, this is a great story. I think this will complement the message wonderfully. In your Bible, in second Kings chapter four, Uh, This is one of the miracles that Elisha did. And I think it really puts a great picture of God's heart for people in little things and God's love, and it's a picture of us too, so as we read it. So it starts in verse 38. It says, And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a famine in the land. I like King James English because it has some great words, dearth. Have you ever said, you should use that in everyday life. There's a dearth here. I, I substituted famine, so we knew what it meant. But it says there's a dearth in the land and the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. And he said unto his servant, set on the great pot and seed. There's another good word, seed. pottage, another one like what is pottage, vegetables, seethe for the sons of the prophets, like cook for them. Uh, he has a solution. There's a problem. There's a famine. You know, this is, the, this is a picture of the world. There is a great famine in the world for truth. And the prophet and then his disciples, that's what we are. We're, dis- we're like the sons and the daughters of the prophets. We're disciples. He has a solution. And that solution is Christ, but you're going to see it here, but we got to go through the story, it gets gets better. And "And one went out into the field to gather herbs, and found a wild vine, and gathered thereof wild gourds. I love that, wild gourds. Some of us know some wild gourds. (laughs) Um that are in this world. So the, this this young guy, you know, maybe not so much experience, he just sees all these vegetables and he runs out there and says, hey, that's going to be really good in this soup. And he gathers them all up and he came and shred them into the pot of pottage for they knew them not. And I think this is a little bit like the old sin nature. We don't know what we're capable of. We don't know what the wild gourds inside of us are capable of and you know we are capable of anything that's the old sin nature you know you you a thought comes in your mind and you say where did that come from and it can be the enemy sending a projection and the purpose of that projection is to energize the flesh that's in us and that's really the greatest enemy we have the world we have the flesh and we have the devil those are our three enemies if you've been in any of pastor shabelli's classes You know those. Uh, But the flesh is the the worst of them. And the devil tries to energize the flesh. And you don't know what it is. And so, in verse 40, uh, they poured out for the men to eat. And it came to pass, as they were eating of the pottage, that they cried out and said, Oh, man of God, there's death in the pot. Say that. Oh, there's death in the pot. Oh, man. What are we going to do? There's death in the pot. And they could not eat thereof. And that's really what happens. You know, you look in the world, and you look at all the good things that can happen, but at the end of it, there's death in the pot. It might look great. You know, it might look great, all the good things that people are doing, but what, what is the motivation of it? Maybe it's selfish. They're doing it to promote themselves. I think we see it in politics sometimes, all these programs. But the purpose of it is maybe to hold people down. The purpose is control. It looks like a nice vegetable, but it's a wild gourd. And there's death in the pot. And it takes something outside of ourself. It takes the love of God. And that's what you see that happens here. And it says, there's death in the pot. They could, eat, they could not eat thereof. But he said, the man of God said, bring meal. You know who that is? That's Jesus Christ. In Leviticus chapter 1, in the first five chapters, it's all these different offerings. Uh, one of those offerings was the meal offering. It was fine flour, perfect flour mixed with oil. Like, and that's Jesus Christ's life, perfect without sin, mixed with an anointing. He came as God with an anointing, and he could see through the Pharisees when they tried to trick him in his words, and he saw right through it, and he answered something, and they would just walk away shaking their head. Like, how did he How did he know that? You know, should we pay tax to Caesar? You know, aren't we from... You're, you're talking about a kingdom, Jesus. Should we be paying tax, trying to trick him? And he says something imperfect, right? render unto caesar that which is caesar's render unto god that which is god's and they're just like wow because he's the meal he's the answer he's true love sent down you know in first john 4 8 it says god is love and that's what we could substitute instead of saying hey i love you man it's like i god you man i god you i because that's what love is it's god and You want, do you want to know what love looks like? Look at Jesus Christ. He's love in action. And you see how he knew what to say to people. Maybe someone needed a a stern look or a stern word and he could give it to them because that's what, that was, that was tough love, you could say. But then the woman at the well or the woman that was caught in adultery in John chapter eight, he had a tender love. He said, neither do I condemn you. Just what she needed to hear. And that was the meal that went into the pot of this world. Crazy, we're in this big pot of soup and there's death in this pot. But you put that perfect meal in there. And it says here, they then bring the meal and he cast it into the pot. And he said, pour out for the people that they may eat. And there was no harm in the pot. That's who we are too. Amen. We are the meal in this world. And God mixes us in here in the world. And he, He's in us. God's love in us. And He says, share that. And I'll just finish with this. This I just thought of this story, just thinking of what Pastor Shallow was talking about. And how, you know, we have the love in us. And when we're in our job, or when we're at work, God will present situations where that love can come out. And a great example of your neighbor, and you don't know what they're going through. And this is a lot wilder. This is a story that happened when we were in Africa a few years ago. But um, on our way home from church, we used to stop at this restaurant, and we would eat there. And it was quiet. On Sunday, it's quiet. Nothing was really open. It's rare that even a restaurant was open. But we'd stop there. We ate. And after we got out, I saw a guy with a guitar bag on him kind of running away from the back of our car. And my daughter, Kalia, said, Hey, that's our guitar. And, and I started chasing the guy, saying, Thief! And now, like, you know, the, the criminal justice system in the third world is a lot different than our criminal justice system. And they have street justice. And as I was chasing this guy... You know, it was, it was like a scene out of a movie because the restaurant was where we do our evangelism almost every, every, like four days a week we are in this area handing out tracks, doing sketchboard. So everybody knows us. So they see like a foreigner chasing after a Malawian, yelling thief, and then out of everywhere all these people come pouring out and start chasing the same guy. And, He's running. By then, he dropped the guitar. He dropped all the things. And then he ended up in the parking lot of this plaza, like the same size of our plaza. And just a group of people, you know, ready to exercise all of their pent-up frustration. And there's this relative righteousness that I'm not a thief, but this guy's a thief. And all the anger that I've had, anything that's ever been stolen from me, I'm going to take it out on him. And if you can imagine 40 people around this guy and he's in the center and people just beating him, slapping him from all different sides. One guy took his shoe off and started smacking him in the head. And then I came up on, it was, I didn't even make it there yet. I'm, (gasps) I'm running, trying to catch my breath. And I said, wait a second, wait a second. He he dropped all the stuff. He, He doesn't have any more of our stuff anymore. And he said, no, we have to teach him. He's a thief. We'll teach him. And a guy came with a two by four out of nowhere, ready to hit this guy that was a thief. And as he was bringing it back, I I picked it up. I went behind him and I picked it out of his hand. And he said, ah, Pastor Chris, what are you doing? I said, you're going to kill him if you hit him with that piece of wood. Like, no, let's wait for the police to come. Ah, the police will do nothing. We need to teach him right now. And then finally what happened is me crouching over the guy that stole from our car and saying, no, we're not, you're going to, we're going to kill him if we do this to him. Let's wait for the police to come. And that was a moment where it seemed like the will of God. This is a teaching. This is a time to see the meal be put in a crazy situation. This is a way to see forgiveness. This is a way to see a person that deserves to be judged, but mercy goes before judgment. And a lot of them say, ah, he must be a pastor. only pastor would do something like that. <laughs> and maybe we won't have that sort of situation. And the end of the story was that the police came in and arrested the guy, but he didn't die. And most, probably eight out of ten times, he would have been either killed or really badly sent to the hospital. Uh, but you know, that, you know, that we do that in our heart, isn't it? We say, ah, I haven't stolen and that person stole, so I, I'm better than that person. And then God whispers to us and says, You got death in your pot. You got wild gourds in there. You need the cross. That's the flesh coming out. And it, and, and it happened to me watching the, the football game. And I see Taylor Swift. I'm angry. This is all a setup. Just so she can have, oh, I, I hate, I hate her. And then the Holy Spirit says, what are, you, what are you saying? You don't even know. You don't know what she's been through. And then God says, why don't you pray for her? Maybe you, maybe, maybe not me. Maybe someone will give her the gospel. Why don't I pray for that? We don't know sometimes what spirit we're of. But then God sheds his love abroad in our heart. Amen. He puts, we hear a message at church, and it reminds us, and it's that meal that gets put in the pot. And then our life is whole. Our life is not the flesh. Our life brings a blessing. Our life feeds people. And so that's, that's what this church is about, and that's what God has called us to be. He's called us to feed people with his love, to touch people. Amen. Amen. All right, let's let's pray. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what we've heard tonight. We're going to go home and we can chew on that. We can meditate on it. We can think about it. We can think about um, what your love means in our life and what it means in action. And maybe you're here. Maybe you're visiting and you've never received Christ in your life. He loves you so much. He is the answer for this whole world. He's the reason why we are here. It's so that we could have a relationship with Almighty God. And He's done everything. He's finished the work so that that relationship can be free and easy. It's just by trusting, just receiving everything that He's done for you. He took all your sins on the cross. He died and He rose from the dead. And He said, just trust me. I did this for you. And if you're here and you've never received him, in your heart, in your own words, just say, Jesus, save me. Come in my life. Be the the meal that cures the mess that's in my life and changes it. And if that's your prayer, nobody's looking, just put your hand up and put it down. If you've done it once, it's once and for all in Hebrews 10.10. 10. You don't have to keep praying that prayer, but... Just once in your life is what's important. And Lord, thank you for our fellowship. Bless the rest of our evening tonight and our week this coming week. Lord, help us to be your meal in the pot of this earth, in our job, at school, wherever we are. In Jesus' name, amen.